What would your life be like if you could experience it as a vacation, no matter what you were doing? How would that impact your choices, your actions, your quality of life? Welcome to the How To Be Free podcast. I'm Stephen Francis. I'm Michelle LeDuc, and today we are joined by actor, writer, and permanent vacationer, Al Catlin. So Al began his career working for 12 years with renowned improv comedy The Second City as both a performer and writer, and later as a highly in-demand improv teacher. As a performer, he's probably best known for his commercial work, which led to many accolades, including a Carey Award, Marketing Magazine's Jury Choice Award, and a Cannes Festival Gold Lion. As a writer, Al has written several television pilot scripts, but he fell in love with novel writing a few years back, and now has a literary agent shopping one of his books around, and he's currently working on a collection of short stories. He also happens to be the husband of my co-host Mishka, and my dear friend. So, Al? Welcome! Yes! Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's great to kick this off. Yes, yes. Thank you for kicking it <laughs> off with us. We'll see. We'll see where it lands. Um, a lot of things in that bio: acting, teaching, and writing. So, how how are you how are you getting all of that done with a vacation mindset? I mean, clearly, this is not does not involve lying around on a beach. No, <laughs> it doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah. Uh, how do I get that all done? Well, I mean. You know, it's not happening every day. I, I, you know, the idea that I that I always have a vacation mindset. I think before I even knew I had a vacation mindset, led me to a career in the arts, where, by and large, I get to kind of pick when I'm going to work and when I'm not, and and even when I don't get to pick, it's so sporadic that I have a lot of time to just do what I enjoy doing. Right, right. So I, so it's I'm not doing a, an eight till four or a nine till five grind every day. Yeah, you know I'm not working the midnight shift. Right. You know. Yeah, don't do that. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've worked a few graveyard shifts. Yes. Uh, it's if you a, can avoid it. Yeah. Yes, it's like a weight gain plan. It's not a yeah. weight loss plan. It's right. like it's a yeah, coffee and donut diet. You know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm fortunate too because, you know, to go way back in time. I think this vacation mindset was was born out of chaos mm-hmm. because I, I, when I was young, I had a lot of dread and I had a lot of anxiety and I mm-hmm. was always worrying about the future. So that was, that was a real gift, you know, as I got older and older because it became something that needed to shift. Yeah. You know, it was something that needed to change. There needed to be a better way. And my first attempt at getting rid of it was becoming an alcoholic and a drug addict because I was so sick of thinking. So using and drinking allowed me to go below thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was, that was really great for a long time. So would you, would you recommend that to, to our listeners? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really would. I, I mean, you know. This is not an endorsement of excessive alcohol use or illegal yeah. drug use. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even rem- recommend it as like a weekend warrior. You know? <laughs> so that was kind of the beginning. I was below thinking and clearly I wanted to be above 
thinking. Yeah. You know, so when I cleaned up my act, I was kind of at the beginning again, and I had to really find a better way to get through the day. Ah, that's interesting. Can you just define for uh, people listening, watching, what do you mean by above thinking? Because I know what you mean by that, but not everybody may be familiar with that terminology. So how would you describe that? Well, in when I was, I'd have to start by saying when I was below thinking, I was inebriated or high, so I didn't have to think a lot. I could just kind of coast and mm-hmm. enjoy life and make things up about myself. And it was like I was a superhero. But mm. above thinking takes a little bit more training. And I, I've done a lot of work with, I'm a big fan of Eckhart Tolle, so I've done a lot of presence work. Uh, I did the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, so that helps. So above thinking for me is knowing that when my thoughts get too much and I forget how much fun life is, I can take three breaths and let go of those thoughts. I can move above them, right? Mm. And even if they're lingering below, I don't have to make them mean anything. Right. So Mm -hmm. to clarify, I'm going to see if I'm capturing this so that um, people can really get this. So we are, I I think you were avoiding that incessant, uh, not just negative thinking, but unproductive thinking, sometimes destructive thinking that goes on in our heads, right? So there's, you know, most of us have experienced this at least at some point, right? Where there's just incessant thinking. Mm. It's really not productive. And so alcohol was a way to numb that. I think most of us are familiar with that as well, that experience of wanting to just numb out that, slow down that noise. But above thinking, as you're describing it, being present is maybe being able to slow down the thoughts, but even just being able to recognize that there's thoughting happening, yeah? That's exactly what it is. It's, it's the ability to say, oh, there it is again. Yeah, am I okay with feeling a little bit of dread today? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, mm-hmm. so recognizing, and I, I'm, I'm seeing the tie-in to vacationing here, right? So that recognizing I have thoughts in my head doesn't mean those thoughts are in any way real or anything has to be done about them. So right. with you to recognizing that, okay, I'm having thoughts of dread, which are giving me an experience even perhaps in your body of dread, mm-hmm. but that if I can observe that and let that go, I can experience that peace and clarity that yes. comes during a vacation. Yes, because it's too, it's, it's too big to resist. It's bigger than me. Mm. So resistance is futile. Re- resistance is, is almost like I'm turning up the volume on it. Oh no, we're still here. You're not gonna win, you're not gonna lose, you're not gonna win, we're still here. You have big problems, man. You know, mm. <laughs> right? It's like I also see the the uh, I think it's what the Buddhists call the double arrow, right? So you're not just mm-hmm. suffering the pain of the um, of the thoughts, right? Of the the feelings of dread, the experience, all the thoughts you're having that lead to that. But then, if you're resisting it, you're trying to shut that down. So now you're going to make yourself doubly upset because like it's not working i don't want these thoughts right so now you yeah yeah. there's extra pain it's funny for me it also ties into you know what you hear about in 12 step movements about the higher power which you can relate to as god or 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 something else you know that's part of the beauty i think of the 
12 steps is, is that this, as someone put it to me once, there's nothing there. You know, it's really what you can believe in. And and so, you know, as you said, when you were sort of below thinking, and that was very clear to me immediately too, but but above thinking, it's it's moving into having the higher power think for you in a sense, right? Do the thinking bits. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 and and that was kind of that was kind of the you know the 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 prequel to getting this vacation mindset and how that really began to take off was there were periods throughout the year where I didn't want to do anything where I just felt like I I couldn't accomplish anything I did not want to work mm. right mm. and um, a close friend of mine who uh, we all know um, Sonia Francis. <laughs> who is a wonderful um, astrology coach, did a reading for me um, when she came to visit. And she said to me, do you have, this was really the birth of my vacation mindset. She said, do you struggle between mid-June and the beginning, or no, sorry, mid-May and the beginning of August to get anything done? I said, I really do. I, I just feel so lazy. I don't want to do anything. And everything I try to do doesn't pan out. She said, yeah, you really should take those months off. Because how the, the star and the moon and everything else aligned, it was telling her that every year, that's not a good time for me to try and, and finish things to try and do work. So I was really thrilled about that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think most of us would be yeah thrilled <laughs> if we were given two months off, right? It played into what I believed was my laziness because because I didn't have the word vacation yet, right? I just thought I'm an actor. I work two days. I'm off three. I work three. I'm off four. So I just thought that's how my life worked. Then there never would be a vacation mindset because I don't even merit. I don't even deserve to have that uh, with how things yeah. go day yeah. to day, right? So what ended up happening is. It also happened to be a slow time um, in the industry often. That can be a slow time, right, mm. uh, for auditions and uh, voiceovers and, you know, commercial work. So what I did was is I started beginning to try and write a book in that time frame. And I also realized that I actually believed I was on vacation and I was writing a book while I was on vacation and the whole thing became such a joyous experience. And I began to think, well, what do I do when August is over? Do I go back to thinking I have to work all the time? What if I just kind of live my life like I'm still on vacation? What if I make the rest of my life a vacation? And, 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 and what, kind of, you know, what kind of attentiveness and quality would I bring to my work if I felt like I was on a holiday? Mm. And that was the birth of it. That's a beautiful question. What kind of attentiveness and quality could we bring to our work if we brought a vacation mindset? Yeah. That's a good one for all of us to begin to even imagine how we could bring that mindset. You know, what? how would it impact us? Because I think, you know, as they say, once you know the the why, the hows take care of themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think knowing... If you could bring that kind of, I don't want to say lack of something, but really there's a lack of pressure, a lack of stress, you know, if you could remove the burden of work, whatever you are doing, what would that open up? 
Mm-hmm. And it and it takes it takes should out of the equation for yeah. me. Yeah. You oh, know? Yeah. yeah, I should be working on that revision, right? Yeah, that sort of moral self moralizing, right? Yeah. 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 So you yeah. know, I want to work on the revision, but now I attach the word should to it. And my mind can trick me into not wanting to work on it because it's a should and I'm on vacation. Yeah. So I don't even go there. Right? This, is, this is a really good point. I love that, Stephen, you said uh, self-moralizing. I've actually never heard, of, heard it referred to that way, but it really points to something. And Alan, can you just expand on that? Like, How do you let go of self-moralizing? I think we moralize about ourselves more than anything. Mm. Yeah, I think I think I probably had a tank full of self-moralizing, right? And it had become pretty tiresome. Mm. And it's almost like when you begin to judge yourself, you find players that want to come on board and help you judge yourself, right? It's just <laughs> it's where it just spreads, you know? Whereas now when I think and live with a vacation mindset, I get people going, how do you do that? How do you do so that? how do you do that? What steps did you begin to take? If you had, to, I know it's, it was an organic process, right? Yeah, so obviously yeah. I'm, I'm asking you to kind of go back and see if you can identify what were the steps that you seemed to take that we could emulate. Well, uh, it, here's another breakthrough. I was uh, doing some presence training. And uh, once again, I was listening to Eckhart Tolle. I hope it's okay that I keep mentioning his name because yeah, he's just such a, a big part of it, right? Yes. And yeah. he talked about when you're doing, he didn't say when you're doing anything. He said when you're, when you're doing something, for example, that may be your calling, you kind of work in three modes, uh, acceptance, enjoyment, and enthusiasm, Right. So when I'm in vacation mode, which is pretty much all the time, I'm working in those three modes. So for example, when I'm, let's say with writing, when I'm, I'm coming up with a story idea and I'm enthusiastic about it, right? Mm. And then I get maybe the first pass of it done and I'm really, you know, enjoying how it's going and then I run into some trouble and I'm maybe thinking I'm going to lose the story and I, and I don't go all, oh, darn, I'm done. I can't write. I just go, I just accept it. Mm. And I accept it and I work through it. Mm. doesn't mean I'm loving it, but I'm accepting that this is part of the job I yeah. do. Yeah. And I'm working through it and all of a sudden it starts to clear up and the story starts to get new legs and I'm back into enjoyment. Right. Yeah. And then maybe the next day I'm, I'm, you know, enthusiastic, but I can work with those three modes prior to being in vacation mode. I kind of worked in love. Oh, this is okay. Why do I have to do this? Mm. It's a terrible way to live. Right. Mm. So really interesting. So I, what I hear is that part of vacation mode is not expecting you to be enthusiastic every minute. Because really, when you think about it, even on vacation, <laughs> on an actual vacation, even if we are lying on a beach, we're not enthusiastic every single moment. Yeah, right? we're not. So, yeah. there is, so what I hear is that there's an expectation that if we were on vacation, somehow we would just be amazing all the time. You know, and yeah. part of the vacation mindset is accepting 
what's happening, even when you're doing something you love. Yeah. So there is that element. That's really great. It's like if, you yeah. were, if you're staying in a cabin or something and the, the roof gets torn off in a storm, you're not going to lie there and think, well, I'm on vacation. You, know? <laughs> oh, you, you would be like, oh, oh, Duran, and you would call the guy who repairs cabin roofs, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or even if it's something as benign as lying on a beach and you're getting hot. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm really hot and I'm getting sunburned. Okay, yeah. in that moment, you're not enthusiastic, right? But it's still wonderful, the whole overall experience. Those, that's interesting. So I think the context really makes a difference. Well, yeah, and when you're, when you're in a vacation, when I'm in a vacation mindset, I, I'm kind of accepting, uh, not ex- ex- accepting enthusiastic enjoyment. I mean, outside of that, I'm accepting that, everything's kind of rolling the way it's rolling. So for example, and I may be making it up sometimes, but let's go back to Stephen's uh, example about sitting in a cabin writing and part of the roof falls in, right? Mm. I, I seriously, I'm at the point where I'm going, well, it's not going well today. I'm really having to accept a lot of how this story's going. So I need a break. So this is probably yeah. pretty good. And right. I am always um, convinced that when I come back to it, when I had to step away from it was the right timing. And when I come back to it will be the right timing. And, and whether that's just something I've come up on with my own idea or something that's interrupted me, you know, M- Michelle recently was, was reading a revision of a short story that I, I really want to get out to magazines, but she had her own stuff going on and, and she couldn't get to it for about a month. And, and I really wanted her to get to it in like, well, that day, but that's, that's just me being selfish, right? And excited. But it took her quite a while to get to it. And I started working on a story that never would have happened if she had got to that right away. That's really interesting. I want to tie that into other people's lives. So yeah. for the rest of people who, you know, aren't doing a job that they really, really love, for example... Um, you know, how do they bring that? Because clearly that was, so that element of the process in your work was something you didn't love, right? You have to Hmm. wait on somebody. So for other people who don't love their jobs, how do they bring that mindset? That's a really great question. And and my answer, I think my answer is going to sound maybe a little bit unrelated to what I just said. So first and foremost, what you don't have to become is a drug addict and an alcoholic, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm grateful I was. I'm grateful I, I, I got out of it. I needed a lot of chaos, but, but everybody doesn't need chaos to start appreciating a vacation mindset. But I do think, and I'm not saying anything new, I do think it's difficult for a lot of people because they are really technically plugged in they've got so much going on around them they've, they've got so many tools available to them to help them multitask all day long and i i don't personally think that's a great thing you know i would recommend i don't like using the word unplugging it kind of it's like that phrase un, let's unpack this but i i think that people need to get out and walk or stroll and Unplug, get the earbuds off, Mm. turn the phone off and really, really take a look at the environment they're walking in. And it's really cool if it's an environment you walk in all the time. So say, for example, I'm someone who has to get up for work and I get up in the morning and I walk down to Rosedale Station and I take 
the subway down to Union, and then I've got to get on the GO train to Port Credit, and I have to do that every day. I'm using that trajectory because we did that the other day. So <laughs> I just do that every single day. What if every single day I got really present to everywhere I was, you know, and started seeing that trip newly, right? Noticed the passengers around me, you know, didn't listen to my favorite podcast that day and just started to become really a part of the environment. Hmm. What if I decided instead of going to Rosedale that I got up earlier and strolled down to Union, you know? Like at least be vacationing part of that day, A, and then B, I'm also, you know, I'm reminded of, I think it was Montaigne, the, the French essayist, a writer, and he said, you know, if you want to be a writer, find a nondescript rock in your backyard and just start writing about it until you have said something about that rock that nobody else ever has or ever will say about that rock. That's, you know? that's really great. And, and I'll tell you why he's saying nondescript, because it's like, for example, sometimes I, when I walk down to uh, the, the woods around us, Yellow Creek, I don't enjoy my walk when I'm labeling the trees. Like there's a, there's a you know, there's a maple tree, mm. right? There's an old oak tree. Mm. That's a birch. Mm. But if I just go by those trees and keep them nondescript, I have a way better chance of describing them beautifully when I get back to working on something, you know? It's really important to not be labeling everything around you. So this, I think, ties back to above thinking, because what yeah. I'm hearing yeah. is emptying, emptying of the mind. Just sort of awareness, right? That base state of just awareness, yeah. Just yeah. awareness. So emptying the mind, emptying the mind of of thoughts, of descriptions, of concerns about where you're going or where you've been, what's about to happen, what's already happened, but just being yeah. there, aware. And I think that emptiness of mind, I mean, think about it, vacation, to vacate, right? So the vacation mindset is that like vacating, you know, yeah. removing thoughts. Yeah. So that's a really practical step that we can take, right? That if we just, even if we started with once a week, yeah, walking somewhere instead of driving or taking transit, right? Or walking somewhere and just walking, noticing everything, just being fully aware that well, yeah. that would increase our vacation mindset. How do you think that would that impact the things, let's say, work, right? Particularly work that you don't necessarily love. Because you would be seeing things newly. So, for example, if, if, if somebody um, walks down the same three or four streets, a couple side streets to get to work every day or to go to the grocery store, they believe because they've been doing it for a few years or for a lot of years that they know everything about that street. I'm telling, I'm telling you they don't know anything about that walk mm. to that grocery store. They don't know anything about that walk to work. So if they stop, if they start to consider that they don't know anything about that walk, they can look around and see it differently and newly, you know, there's people that walk by them every day and they, they probably don't even know they're walking by the same people. It's, you know, what it reminds me of when I was uh, just strictly a city girl and, uh, and I first met you and you took me up to your cottage and I used to. This is embarrassing now. I used to sit on the dock with my laptop, my cell phone, you know, I'd have all my devices around yeah, me and I'd be working. Crossword puzzle. 
you know, and yeah. and I wouldn't see things. And honestly, it used to just look like a lot of green. You know, I didn't see. I couldn't see. When I started to move away from the city and we eventually ended up living in the country, I walked that same country road, right? And you could say there's like virtually nothing there. But I began to see the individual trees, to notice them in a way I never had. I started to name them. I gave them each specific names. They had different characteristics. I started taking photographs, which, you know, for people who read my blog will know that there's photographs of trees. Those are my photographs. I just developed this ability to see things. I, I'm Honestly, it was like this wasteland of green, before. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that ties into, you know, I'm thinking again of people who don't do a job they love, is that that emptying of the mind opens up the space for creativity. And that space of creativity can lead to something completely unknown. Yeah, it, it, it can. Something, something along that, that walk where you're staying open-minded and you're not locked in your thoughts. You're not walking around thinking about what Mike said last night or what, you know, Joni said to me when I was leaving this morning, you're just letting all that go. Um, you're going to really discover some stuff. It's going to, it's going to change things. And, and one of the things, Stephen, that Michelle left out about that story at the cottage is um, I was talking to a close friend of hers and I said, you know, I'm not sure she, she likes it up here because she's just on the dock. She's got all her contraptions out and she's not really recognizing how beautiful this, this is. And her friend said, she will just, just give it a chance. She said, I know her, she will. Because mm -hmm. at that point she had known Michelle longer than I had been with Michelle. Right. Mm -hmm. So Michelle went for a walk one day at the cottage and she came back and she walked into the cottage and her, eyes were just lit up. And I said, what is it? And she said, I saw a deer on the path. Mm -hmm. You remember that? I do. And we just looked at each other, right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, she would never have seen that deer if she were, if she were walking along the path with her, with her, um, you know, her earbuds in. The deer would have ran before you came up on it because you wouldn't have known it was there. Well, I, I'm going to uh, insert a, a tip from you, knowing you. How do you use animals? How can we use animals, our pets, to um, expand our vacation mind? That's a good one because I'm, I'm, I walk every morning for about 20, 25 minutes and I walk through a park called Ramston and there's an off-leash area there. And I get people saying to me, wow, he just runs up to you or, you know, we just usually go up to people like the animals come up to me all the time because I think they, they really get that I'm a friend mm. and they probably get that. Wow. There's nothing going on in that guy's head. Just like mine. <laughs> yeah. right? Because I'm not <laughs> cluttered with thought, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and so animals, because animals are completely present and they by and large are just about love and they just want to be loved and they just want to trust they're, they're just, they just change everything. So how do we do that? How do people, so let's say, I mean, what do you recommend people do? Well, I, I don't recommend getting a dog unless you really, really want one. Because yeah. in my book, once you get a dog, you don't get to give it back. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. That's, your, that's family now, right? It occurs to me I should probably start a dog rental business. You know, it's a really great question. I would just start by noticing and appreciating, um, you know, the dogs that are being walked. Go over to the dog park and look at how they interact with each other. You know, there's no story. They're just mm-hmm. having fun. They can get in a fight and then, you know, be, you know, licking each other's butts four seconds later and they're <laughs> friends again. You know? <laughs> like there's just, they just don't bring any anxiety to the table. And when you're around animals or you're always watching animals, it's difficult to feel anxious. I just wanted to say quickly that, you know, if you're if you're listening to this uh, and you're thinking, well, that's all, all well and good. He's an actor and a writer, and that would work for him. But I am a bookkeeper. I, I'm a I'm a staff accountant, right, at a, at a at a small manufacturing firm outside of London, Ontario. And you're thinking, well, uh, how does this? Well, I you know I said to Al a couple of years ago now. He was talking about becoming a professional novelist and, and my mind kind of ran around in its little cage going oh no oh no well I'll be okay well I'll well I'll be all right because <laughs> that's impossible and then I thought you know so Al is it, it wouldn't say this specifically in his bio but I, I my understanding is that Al that you were the highest paid commercial actor in the Toronto market for for some time right I was for yeah. quite a few years. and that's a big market there's a lot of stuff gets shot up in Canada for various reasons so that's a big deal and to put this in perspective I always like numbers because they're sort of inarguable um SAG the Screen Actors Guild in America so that's the union actors. So those are people who, who write actor on their on their tax return, right? So 98% of SAG members are unemployed at any given day, right? Yeah. So to be a working actor is, is, is impossible, right? Because those are the people who actually make the cut. For every one of those, there's probably 15 or 20 people who are just kicking around Los Angeles or Toronto, New York, the big markets, not doing anything. They're just bringing soup or salad to the table. Uh, and then for every one of those, there's probably 150 in Iowa and places like that, just thinking, oh, maybe I should have gotten on that bus and tried my hand, tried my luck mm-hmm. at it. So you're, I don't want to say at the top of a big pyramid, but you are, you've been through a number of filters with that career. Yeah. I guess what I'm leading up to saying is, is that was my thought is I was like, wait a minute, you know, he's already had one impossible career. Why not another? And and so I wasn't, I was delighted, but I wasn't altogether surprised when you became one of the, I think it's one out of every 800 prospective authors gets a literary agent. So I, I know that there's someone listening to this who's thinking that, you know, there's something impossible that I want to do with my life. And uh, and I see this as a way to say, okay, the dread that comes up when I think that, that, oh, no, will I'll be okay, will I be okay? This is a way to just kind of to, to manage that, you know, and not in some Hemingway-esque kind of, I'll just drink a lot and then blow my brains out in my 50s, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know what that is. That's thank you. That's really a lovely thing to say, Stephen. And and I just wanted to add in that, you know, my, uh, you know, everything works out. The rejection I got over and over and over as an actor, right? Because for every ten auditions, I might book one, mm. and then there's years where it's one in twenty, right? Yeah. So all that rejection as an actor allowed me to live with the rejection as a writer. Because my first two books were rejected 300 times. I, I might have broke the record. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I wow. just kept going. Yeah. I mean, you because hear these stories, point, but that's amazing. Well, because at some point it just becomes about, it becomes about 
the writing and a vacation mindset. God, if I, if I thought of it as a job, I'd just be left with, I am the worst at this job. <laughs> but I'm on vacation. I can get rejected on vacation. <laughs> so I want to bring it back to what Stephen was saying. You know, the person who's the bookkeeper, who has an impossible dream, tying that in with the vacation mindset. Because I don't know if the tie is obvious. I see it. I hear it. But I want us to really clarify it because this podcast is about actionable steps, right? So I really want to crystallize that. So you are somebody who wants to experience more vacation. You know, why Why wouldn't you, right? I mean, even if you don't want to stop working, but we want to experience that sense of, of ease and uh, enjoyment, even if we're working, right? So for the person, so what I hear is that for the person who really just wants to expand their vacation mindset, as the simple, the simple act of taking a walk and emptying your mind, you know, every day, even starting every week would be um, an action they could take to experience be- being 5% more free in a week from now. Mm-hmm. But what is the actionable step for somebody who is in the position that Stephen's talking about, where they... They're not doing what they, they're not even satisfied with what they're doing, but they have an impossible dream. So what is an actionable step that person can take to experience 5% more vacation mindset a week from now? Are they stuck in a job they don't want to be stuck in? Let's assume the worst, yeah. It would probably be good to once a day in that job that they don't really love to take 15 to 30 minutes that is just theirs. Mm. And I don't mean at lunch where they eat a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Try to find a pocket of time where it's just theirs and they can just not think about anything. Maybe just go for a walk, you know, maybe just sit still and try to breathe. Uh, it's, it's about about managing dread, I think, a little bit, right? That if yeah. we come back, come full circle, there is a lot of dread involved in in having a job, right? You dread the consequences of this. You you dread not having one. So perhaps it's just having a few minutes a day away from that, and instead being just present to what's so, uh, without that without that self moralizing going on. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I'm going to add in something from my own experience because I have a really hard time emptying my mind. But if I'm looking, and I've done this several times in my life, looking to shift direction, then I will take that that quiet time, and even, as you said, 15 minutes. I mean, really, if, if you cannot start with anything other than five minutes, do five minutes. But taking that and writing down any thoughts about what it is that's in your way of experiencing the vacation mindset, or experiencing that impossible career or dream that you want to have. Yeah, and and that's really great. And the one thing I wanted to say, you know, I thought about, because I knew that I would have to come up with this answer, so I've been thinking about it for a week. And I just kept pushing it away because the answers that were coming to me, I didn't think were adequate, and they didn't fit what I do, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that... Maybe this is something that a lot of people don't want to hear. But first of all, it's your life. It's, it's, as far as we know, it's one life. Maybe we come back. Mm. But who knows? We don't know that, right? Mm. I don't get to know till the very end. 
The point is, is it's one life. And I don't think anybody should be doing a job they don't want to do. And any kind of vacation mindset they try to drum up doing a job they don't want to do is just some kind of mental trickery mm. that they're mm. playing on themselves. Mm. So first and foremost, if you're doing a job that you don't want to do, and I know you have legitimate reasons for doing it, there's family, there's debt, there's all kinds of, of, of different reasons that legitimize doing it. But at the end of the day, it's your life and you're doing a job you don't want to do. Mm. That isn't the way to live. Have I paid a price for doing what I want to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Has it ended marriages? Yes. <laughs> right? Is it going to end this one? No. No, no, it's not. So I've paid a price. Was it worth it to find my way and to love my life? So worth it. So worth it. Mm. What I hear from that, and I really appreciate you not just saying something that you think we want to hear, that mm. the listener wants to yeah. hear, but yeah. that you're, you're being you know, direct and honest. And I really appreciate that because what I hear in that is that if we have something in our lives that is not working, the point is not to gloss it over, but to d directly face that. I yeah. am doing something with my life that I hate. Yeah. I have a relationship in my life that is not working. And so what I hear as an actionable step is to take a few minutes every day to be to allow yourself to experience, to be present to, whatever it is that isn't working yeah yeah just an, yeah. Uh, an open awareness and then just be with what's so in, in that in that 15 or 30 minutes you know yeah. to just be with what's so about about my life you know and and uh I, yeah it's just having a glimpse of of a different set of possibilities right for that 15 and I'm, or 30 i'm just minutes. going to yeah sorry Stephen. Okay, i just wanted to add a, a concrete example before we wrap up and that is you know alan and i did pay a price for hmm. the choices we made as artists. And there was a point where we had to sell our house, mm -hmm. right? And the decision to sell our house was one that was that we ignored, right? We kept doing the vacation mindset, but we didn't look at the thing that wasn't working. It was an impossible thing to look at, it seemed, right? Mm -hmm. Once we looked at it, once we made the decision, this isn't working, this big house that we don't need, mm. this isn't working. Mm. Once we made that decision, we were free. And I would say more than 5%. And I'm talking well before the house was sold. But that willingness to look at the thing that wasn't working, you know, owning a house yeah. that was, yeah. you know. See it for what's so, right? Yeah. See it for what's so. Yeah. That was I mean, I'm going to say like 50% more freeing. I experienced so much more freedom mm. in the moment we acknowledge that. Mm. That's really good because you know what? Had we kept that house, I was going to have to start earning money doing things I did not enjoy, things mm. that made me unhappy. Mm. So mm. is a house worth, worth that? It isn't to me. And that's funny because that house, so I, you know, Sonia and I vacationed at your house a number of times, yeah. right? Yeah. It was sort of like a vacation home with our, with our beloved friends. Yeah. And so to, at a casual first glance, you'd think, well, the house in the country, the big house in the country, the big farmhouse that you had, that's the, that's a vacation spot. But it was the opposite, 
right? It was it was it was beginning to take you out of the vacation mindset. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. It was, yeah, yeah. This is great. So, just to encapsulate the the actionable steps that we've mm. uh, come up with today that you've uh, provided us, one is to take every day and empty the mind. Do something. You know, be out in nature or just walk to the grocery store, walk to, you know, to work, whatever, um, wherever you're going, and empty the mind without other things, yes. right? Feel so that, your that footsteps. Would be, feel your footsteps. I love that. So feel your footsteps for at least 15 minutes every day. And the second thing is, is that if there is something you're resisting in your life, whether it's work or a relationship or something to do with yourself, that you look that thing head on. Allow yourself the freedom to not resist it. Yes, happiness. They are hard choices on the road to happiness, but they're so worth it. Mm. Wow. Uh, that's a powerful that's note to beautiful. end on, I think. Yeah, thank you. That is definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Alex. It's a privilege thank to be you. your friend, and it's a privilege to have you as a guest on this on this podcast here. Um, right back at you, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on bcast.fm. So that's B-C-A-S-T dot F-M, bcast.fm. It's a wonderful podcast hosting platform. Um, I'd also like to thank uh, Toby Leach for uh, sound engineering. And uh, he's also written the music for us. Now, this is a wonderful young sound engineer in the UK. Uh, he's young in years, but uh, old and wise in spirit. Been a joy to work with, very professional. And uh, you can find how to contact Toby if you want him to work on your show too in the show notes. Thank you, everyone. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.